Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560. Uh, so uh, let's see. This is show number 3,315. Um, 315? Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, I have a guest coming up um, uh, pretty soon here, and his name is Ed Livo. Uh, and my producer is David Farrow. And he will be at the buttons and at the call center there when you call in a eight oh wait wait what a four one five eight oh eight five six zero zero I think that's right um eight oh eight five six zero zero is the number of my head and so call in for with your gardening questions and Ed is um a, a, a very long time friend I've known him oh God since I was a little girl I'm pretty sure um, he was a salesman and uh, all sorts of um, uh, continuations of the, of the, um, oh gosh, what was it? The, the, uh, Association of Gardens, uh, and Nurseries and Garden Centers. Um, I've known him through that and through all sorts of other things. So he can explain that. Uh, let's see if he is on the uh, air now. <laughs> Hi, uh, Ed, can you hear me? Yeah, Edie, I can. How you doing? I'm just busting right into my guest here. I'm good. How are you? Uh, your current job is with the company Virtual Nursery, which is doing a renaming as uh, Tomorrow's Harvest, or how do you explain that? Well, Virtual Nursery is actually one of the premier almond growers and stone fruit growers in the state of California, mm-hmm. and um, the Tomorrow's Harvest uh, dot com is actually our retail site um, uh, that's, uh, you know, get some of the fabulous trees that we grow and fruit tree varieties that we grow and uh, have them shipped right straight, straight to your front door. I see. Oh, that's wonderful. So it's kind of like an online store as tomorrow's harvest. And yeah. the Bertel Nursery is who your local nursery could buy from if uh, you have a special orders, that type of thing, or, or yeah. minimum orders. Do you guys do bare root and all that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plus, we sell uh, to all the commercial growers as well. We have, you know, a very, very uh, high demand uh, almond variety. Um, that uh, we've been selling now uh, called the Shasta, and uh, it's a self-fruitful almond variety that um, commercial growers love. And so we're uh, yeah we're kind of we're kind of cranking on both sides, commercial and retail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's fun. And then you have a side thing that you do, um, and I've seen some of your videos. Uh, Ed Able Solutions. Do you still do that? Oh yeah, yeah. Edible Solutions, Ed Able Solutions is actually mm-hmm. just my Facebook page. I have fun with it. Um, I post all kinds of fruit videos up on there all the time. I post um, pruning videos. I, you know, just a lot of a lot of stuff that I also post on the Tomorrow's Harvest Facebook pages mm-hmm. and and uh, the um, Instagram. Um, Instagram, correct? Yeah, those mm-hmm. will go on there too now. 
Um, you know, I, I mean, you, you know, my past is I worked for Dave Wilson Nursery for years and and uh, helped develop their retail program and introduced all kinds of wonderful Zager varieties through the Dave Wilson program in my almost 20 years there. But, you know, I've done a lot of things since then, since I left Dave Wilson, and now I've kind of come full circle, and Birchall Nursery is very similar to Dave Wilson, including that they have this wonderful fruit tree hybridization program that they've uh, brought in all kinds of new varieties of fruit through. Um, And so I'm having a ball just, you know, finding these varieties that nobody's ever heard of and and just getting really excited about great tasting fruit again. So, yeah, I'm having a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've seen some of your uh, tasting videos and they are very entertaining. (laughs) It's like if you could be there with him, you could taste with him. But in the meantime, just watch him taste things. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Some people hate it. You know, they go, how do we eat in front of us? I said, well, you know, it's the only way I can tell you how excited it is. Exciting it is, you know. Jeez. <laughs> I know if you can't be there, I'm fine. Um, yeah, 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 do you, yeah. Juice dripping down my chin or rolling down my arm, you know, dang well, it's good. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right. Um, okay, so so that's okay. So you go to tomorrowsharvest.com for all the fun stuff for buying direct, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's our retail site. And, and mm-hmm. what do you think the most popular uh, fruit that we sell is? You won't even believe it. Oh, that would be interesting. Okay, so we're talking stone fruit or almond, probably. Any any kind of fruit, because you can get just any. about any kind any kind of fruit, because we have almost every kind of fruit you can imagine on tomorrow. Well, I'm going to say peaches, but I don't know. Okay, how about this? It's the uh. Sherinui mandarin. <laughs> mandarin? <laughs> wow. Sherinui mandarin is the number one seller, and... That mandarin is also called the sumo. So that's, you know, once people find out that, oh, my gosh, the sumo mandarin is also a, is called a Sharanui, um, I think they, they come right straight to our site because we're one of the only companies that actually is selling uh, this Sharanui-type mandarin. And, and believe me, I can't believe how many people buy the Sharanui Mandarin. <laughs> well, now I have to have one, so, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, they're great. I mean, they're wonderful, but there's so many wonderful mandarins now, and we have almost all of them, Gold Nugget and, you know, Page and, and Lenova and and Pixie. I mean, there's so many. This is the era of the Mandarin, and there's so many great varieties of Mandarins that not having one in your yard may be, you know, that, that may be a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it sounds like I need one, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, my, my work partner's uh, gifted me another lemon, and I'm like, yeah, lemons. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah one I lemon understand. tree is about, a, is about all you it's need, It's all you need, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, because I have a lime as well, and we use more limes in my family, and I'll tell you when we when we're uh, when that lime produces and it's uh, perfectly happy bears, you know. And I'm like, yeah. okay, fine, um, bear seedless. So my husband really likes it because it's seedless, yeah. and it, but he hates it because it's not green. And I'm like, whatever your problem is, you know, just get over <laughs> well, it and squeeze the damn guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's green for a while. Well, you know, we get people it's that green will call for a while, up right. and actually, we'll get people that actually call up and say, hey, you know what? You sold me a Meyer lemon, lemon. because these mm-hmm. limes have turned yellow. 
And mm-hmm. they say, no, 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 no. It's a pierced lime's actually turn, turn yellow. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And they and they actually look very similar to a Meyer lemon when they finally do. So, yeah, yeah you can hardly get I know. That, it's but. confusing because once you start to harvest both, you're like, oh, shoot, which one's which? <laughs> and you have this? to cut one a, open I, to see a little greenish in the lime and a little green. Uh, you know, uh, the flesh is a little green, you know, for yeah, the lime is. usually. It is. Yeah. I have a multiple budded one in my yard here. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, was done when I was at Four Winds, and uh, Aaron Dillon had done it, um, and uh, he did a great job. Aaron and Dillon, I've got a yeah. two-in-one. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's one of the uh, principals, the owners of Four Winds Growers, mm-hmm. which is right. a wonderful citrus grower as well. I met him a few times, I think. Yes. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, back when. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long have you known uh, the Tannums? <laughs> I tell you what, I thought of that, you know, when, when Bob passed. And uh-huh. um, the first time I met Bob was in about 1981, 80, uh-huh. maybe 80 or 81. I worked at a company up in Santa Rosa called the Urban Tree Farm. I was running the Urban right. Tree Farm. Mm-hmm. And your dad called up, and he was interested. I think it was your dad and your brother at the same time. And yes. Mm-hmm. Your dad called up, and uh, he was looking for redwoods. And, I, you know, the Urban Tree Farm was renowned for growing 15-gallon redwoods. And he bought a bunch of redwoods uh, off Mm -hmm. of me, and I was doing the deliveries at the time, so I drove them down. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's when I met your dad. And I met your brother at the same time. Yeah, and I think, see, my brother, let's see, I graduated in 79. Any summertime, my brother probably would have been there, except for the time that he went to... Um, gosh, it was a Peace Corps or something like that. And I, I, I'm sure he'll correct I me at some point. I recall that as well. Yeah. And so he was away yeah. from home for that length of time, but otherwise he was at Davis and then he came to work for dad after that, bringing all of his wonderful, uh, science ideas. Um, and then, you know, and then he was the manager there and then I didn't join the family business until, well, not that much later, actually in the eighties. Because I went off to San Francisco State in 79, 80, I don't know what I was doing, and then 85. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was off at San Francisco State doing, I don't know. (laughs) I know know exactly where I met you. Where'd you meet me? I I met you at the NorCal show. Ah, that would not surprise me. And I can't remember, it's in the 80s, but I can't remember, Mm -hmm. it was probably 86. 86, mm-hmm. maybe maybe 86 at the North Probably Coast. 86. Yeah, that sounds exactly right. Because I would have been with de- with my dad by about a year. And then I went to yeah. the NorCal show then. And then I became, oh gosh, then I was all in- involved in the chapter as well. And so anytime right. I was in the right. chapter, then I was into NorCal. That's a trade show for nursery nursery personnel, uh, just so everybody knows. And that and happens Like you and my year. dear friend, Mary Welcher. You know, yes. You ran, you ran the thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't. Margot did, but yes. <laughs> yeah, well, Margot did. Yeah, I know. But that was. Uh, I yeah. was just the the. I was the. I was the flirter. Oh wait, the, the floater. Flir- well, you know what I was. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Usually, usually you were giving me a label. <laughs> Something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fun. Very, very long time ago, though, and a lot of lot of good times all the way through because you've you've always been you, you've kind of done the, this little cycle with us. It's like okay, well, here we are, here we are, here we are, and you've been on the air with my dad for years. Oh, you know, every years. couple of yeah. years, he's been you know he has you call up and uh, talk about what you're doing and that type of thing. So whenever you need to, so 
Um, but yeah, yeah so. I, I even got your uh, one of the radio hosts of in uh, Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I got your dad and um, and um, Fred Hoffman together, oh, yes. and, uh, I and, and, and I got them together at a trade show at, at right. the NorCal show to do a radio program together. Yes. <laughs> I remember that, too, because I got I've been going through photographs, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, there's Fred. Oh, how cool that is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's Ed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We got him together. That was back in the 90s, I think. You know, we got him together. That was really Mm -hmm. I thought this is the Mason Dixon line right here. The (laughs) premier radio host host for Northern California. California. For Northern California. That was great. Way too fun. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so yeah. go ahead and plug the nurseries. Um, nurseries, you know, the two different parts of the nursery. I mean, obviously, if you're a, a nursery owner or a buyer, then you'd want to go to uh, what website? Well, you just call. You, you would just call, call the nursery, you know, mm-hmm. the um, – and 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 uh, get a hold of us at, at, mm-hmm. at the nursery at virtual nursery. I think mm-hmm. we we've sent out availabilities and we we're we're mm-hmm. we're really active now because you know there's only two bear root growers left you know that really are doing retail in the state of California mm-hmm. right now, which is really sad. But yeah. it's the truth, you know. Back you know twenty thirty years ago, there were four or five of us. Now mm-hmm. there's two. And so there's yeah. Dave Wilson, of course. We, they do a marvelous job. And then there's the virtual nursery, and we do a marvelous job as well. And our focuses are a little bit different in that Dave Wilson, of course, is strictly fruit trees, um, bare root fruit trees and some potted fruit trees, whereas virtual nursery is a full service where we do um, uh, bare root fruit trees, stone fruits, apples, peaches, plums, nectarines, and the like. But we also do persimmons. We do pomegranates. We do um, we do citrus, a complete line of citrus, a complete line of olives, a complete line of avocados, you know. So, wow. you know, mm-hmm. it's. So, so as a retail nursery in the Bay Area, you can get just about anything you want from us, um, mm-hmm. and we grow all, almost all of it ourselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that, that, I think that's the big difference. We're all, you know, we're all good. Um, mm-hmm. it, Absolutely. I think virtual just has a little bit more to offer. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, do you mind holding on? I don't know if you want to um, uh, answer questions if people call. Sure. Uh, okay, so let's take our break now, and then we'll be back, and then uh, we'll get calls at 808-5600, or we'll just talk more shop. <laughs> All right. Cool. See you, see you in a little bit. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560 KSFO. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Welcome back to K- uh, KSFO. Bob Tannum in the garden. This is E.D. Tannum as host. And I have Ed Livo as my guest. I'm saying your name right, right? Correct. Okay, good. I like that. <laughs> uh, we have a caller uh, from Danville, and his name is Ed as well. So I've got Ed, Ed, and Edie. All right, fine. Hi, Ed. How are you today? Ed? Hey there, Hello. Ed. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Ed? I'm great. Your parents had great taste in names. 
I know. <laughs> I, hey, what's your question? Yeah, hi. Okay. I, I, uh, my house backs into uh, open space, and I'd love to plant some um, fruit trees, but I'm afraid of uh, rats and birds. Um, any suggestions? Well, I can tell you that there's probably nothing better to do if you are, you know, looking to control critters as being a problem than covering your fruit trees, and that means keeping your fruit trees low. So I'm a huge advocate of of what they call high-density planting and pruning, and uh, one of the things that I recommend highly is that you don't ever let a tree get a fruit tree get any taller than you stand with your hands extended above your head, and then that way you can net it, you can cover it, you can protect it against you know early spring rains if you're trying to get apricots in marginal areas or you know if you're trying to protect against peach leaf curl covering techniques have shown some great promise uh, to use less chemicals. So, and then of course, netting your trees to keep the birds off or, you know, sometimes squirrels can be a little bit more, um, let's just say, um, uh, yeah, (laughs) aggressive than (laughs) other, (laughs) other critters. So, but um, yeah, uh, I think covering techniques and keeping your trees low um, is uh, the, probably the best defense in growing fruit trees in areas where uh, critter prob- – I'm backed up against a state park here. I have nothing in the backyard at all, so I keep all my trees – all my trees are roughly at about eight feet. Okay. We have ground squirrels. We don't have tree squirrels. So uh, yeah. will that – Yeah, they're, they're not as bad, but they, they can still be a problem because they burrow underneath your trees. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. they can be. But, you know, I mean, and and that, you know, the ground squirrels are a little bit easier to trap if that's what you want to do and if you're going to do humane traps and do catch and release, you know, then you of course you take them into another county. <laughs> <laughs> and you do it every day and it becomes your new job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fact. <laughs> I mean, it's all nice to be humane, but unless you're going to be, you know, like some of these these wonderful people who get out there and trap cats and and relocate them or bring them to the shelters, you know, it's a it's a very big job and it takes all your days. Yeah. <laughs> and any ideas to deter ground squirrels? Besides, you know, besides I tell you what, them? not not that I'm gonna, you know, sound so clever that you know you'll go, wow, you know, what a great idea. My <laughs> mine. You know, my experience with ground squirrels is pretty extensive because it was our primary problem with um, uh, growing uh, budwood orchards. So in in a 100-acre orchard, you know, our primary problem was ground squirrels, and we had some pretty uh, aggressive uh, eradication methods simply because they were such a problem and caused so much devastation. But that that being said, I don't think that you're going to see that degree in the home garden. So, you know, I I wouldn't be as concerned about you know the um, the extent of devastation. And I'm sure there's people going, oh Ed, you don't know what you're talking about. My yard is just peppered with holes. But I I think that for the most part, ground ground squirrels are not one of the primary uh, critter problems that I hear about. Let's say in relation to deer or raccoons, um, those those tend to be a little bit more 
bigger problems. Funny, and I have rats. raccoons in my mm-hmm. yards, and they never mm-hmm. bother my fruit trees at all. Mm-mm. They come in my yard, and they grub because I have so much mulch on the ground yep. in my yard. All they want to do is come find the grubs, and uh, they, they leave my fruit trees alone. So hail mulch. Everybody <laughs> should mulch. <laughs> mulch is a very good thing. It is. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, very and much. I was also um, trying to remember uh, the the thing that my dad always does is that I think he's really keen on the Tabasco sauce, um, and of course, obviously, if you are if you are near open space, maybe uh, predatory uh, attractor uh, birdhouses. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, we'll have Wild idea. Wing on later. Yeah. Well, well yeah. That, he'll have that guy on later. He's <laughs> he's a very busy guy putting up uh, houses and such. So. Yeah. But no, very no, cool those stuff. Are, those are great suggestions. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ed and Ed and Ed. <laughs> goes around <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So let's see. If you uh, do have a call for either me or Ed uh, Livo from um, uh, Tomorrow's Harvest and Birchall Nursery, um, call us at 808-5600. That's 415 area code 808-5600. Say if you have problems with your plums or that type of thing. Um, I have a question for you, for you, Ed, because I think you just did a series on pomegranates, and I have a pomegranate tree that I finally got from um, from Eric. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> Eric uh, Hagawara. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Know. I, I know. I know who you're talking about. And he had he had one in his in his growing grounds there, and I brought Garden one home. Garden delights, right? Garden delights. Yes, yeah. That that's his online um, uh, thing. I don't know where his physical nursery is now. I'll have to talk to him soon about that. But he um, he sold me a pomegranate, and uh-huh. I've been struggling with it a little bit because it was root bound when I got it, and so I've got it out of that. I've got it into a bigger pot, but it, you know, pomegranates don't really like to be in pots for a long time. Nothing likes to be in pots for a long time unless you're fertilizing them on a constant basis. Um, so I just kind of wondered, do you have any recommendations on how to get pomegranates from a potted plant? Well, as a matter of fact, I have one right out here on my patio. Some varieties of pomegranates are more suited to container growing than others. So mm-hmm. one of the varieties that I really, really like for container growing is the sweet pomegranate. That one is just seems to be, you know, a real producer in a container. It doesn't seem to have any of the problems with, you know, the um, breaking of limbs because you get into like the big varieties like Wonderful and Parfianca and some of these other that have enormous fruit. Um, In a pot, they just don't ever develop the structure that it takes to uh, hold these, you know, big giant fruit in suspension in the air and they'll they'll end up bending the tree and breaking the tree in the pot. So they're just not suited to container growing in in, mm. in, in my estimation, but um, yeah, and that's what I'm expecting. Pot, they, <laughs> you were, you hit the nail right on the head, though. It the most important thing when you're growing in containers. Some some plants just should not be grown in containers. You're right there too, but mm-hmm. the most important thing in growing containers is you got to remember it's like raising fish in a fishbowl. That means that they're totally those plants are totally dependent on you for water, for nutrient, you know, for pruning, you know, to keep them in dimensional size to in relation to the uh, to the pot. So there's a lot of things that um, are actually. Uh, con- you need to manage as consistent growing uh, uh, 
different fruit trees and containers. And one mm-hmm. of the most suited fruit trees for container growing, ironically, is citrus. They, oh, yes. they could be grown in a container for. I mean, we were in Italy last a year before last, and man, there were citrus in Italy that had been in containers for a hundred years. Wow. So you know, yeah. and I've got two in my yard. I've got a Nagami kumquat that's been in a container for over forty five years and a or a Blanco grapefruit that's been in for the better part of 40 years in, wow. in all container growing still produce like crazy wonderful plants you know so oh, wow yeah. cool um we're gonna take another breather and then if you don't mind hanging on you're just fantastic to talk to <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. all right we'll be right back and uh listen to these messages Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. Yeah, just I hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560 KSF. Ed Livo as my guest, and he is from Tomorrow's Harvest, uh, etc. And he's here to help me answer questions and uh, just generally uh, have fun shooting the breeze. So, uh, so <laughs> let's go to our next caller is Pat from San Francisco. You have a question about transplanting something. Hi, Pat. Hey, Pat. Pat. Okay. Um, okay. All right, Pat. Uh, call back, um, or if you're still hanging on, we'll get back to you. So let's go to Bill uh, from Round Rock, Texas. Wow. Hey, Bill. Hey, Edie. Hey, there yeah. you are. Ooh, buzzy, buzzy. What's okay. going on, Ed? How you doing there, Bill? Round Rock, Texas, you say, huh? Yeah, I'm a, tr- I'm a transplant. I escaped uh, northern Texafornia a couple years ago. There you go. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, now did you say you had a a, a a potted kumquat that's 45 years old? Oh, yeah. It's actually older than that. It's probably closer to 40. No, it's not 48. It's No, it's it's probably about 46. About 46 years cause, old, yeah. Because I started doing the math and I ran out of fingers and toes and I was thinking, you know, this Ed, he's probably been around a while, huh? Yeah, he's been around a while. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, not older we, than he's not that much older than me though so you know <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no i've been around a while I've been, I've been in the nursery business for a better part of 48 years yes <laughs> right on mm-hmm. well you know what do they say if, if you if you uh, do what you love you never work a day in your life right yeah that's true to be exact i used to do a lot of work around austin <laughs> oh cool Fred- you Fred- have been Fred- around Fredericksburg. <laughs> And if into Fredericksburg, you know, up in the orchards up in Fredericksburg, and then all around San Antonio there, you know, I love that area. It's a great, great area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fredericksburg is the so-called wine country of uh, Texas. (laughs) Right, right. And there there are peach growers up in that area, too. Oh, yeah. You know, they they have those stands along the side of the road, and it's always Fredericksburg peaches. That's it. That's it. They're very proud of what they do there. They are. (laughs) Hey, I tell you what, the reason I called, um, we lost some stuff in the big free, some uh, trees in the big freeze of 21. And uh, 
anyway, the uh, one of the trees we replaced with was uh, a ginkgo. Okay. okay. And, you know, we got a, there's a, a big nursery down here, uh, Moon Valley, and I think they're, origin, they're based out of uh, Phoenix area or somewhere in Arizona. But they gave yeah, us, they like, they gave us moon juice and moon dust. Uh, but All they're right. kind of generic uh, uh, um, fertilizers. I was just wondering if you had any tricks up your sleeve that would really make a, a ginkgo happy. Tell me what happened to your ginkgo. <clears throat> well, no, we, we we planted it. We lost um, we lost. Oh, oaks. okay. We lost oaks and then replaced with uh, one of the trees we replaced with was a ginkgo. And I was just curious, cons- considering you know what those things end up doing. And gosh, I think they got ginkgo trees that are older than you. Um, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. They're, they're considered a, they're considered a mis- missing link tree because they're actually you know like um, a uh, uh, they're actually a conifer. So oh, they, they create a they create create a seed like a conifer, so they're they're huh. one of the missing link trees, and mm-hmm. uh, so my you know my thought would be are you having problems with it if you just plant no, it? No, no, not really. I mean, other than it, it was planted in October last year, and it seems to have made it through the winter. And you know we've had well over forty five days in a row over a hundred degrees, so it seems to be doing okay. But if there was any kind of a you know special trick. Uh, for a ginkgo tree to really, like I say, make it happy. Because um, what I'm really looking forward to in the next what, couple months is that bright yellow uh, uh, fall-time foliage. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at you get the cynical side of me then, <clears throat> then because here's here's what I would tell you: if the tree is doing fine right now, I wouldn't worry about yeah. it at all. I'm I'm really oh, an good. advocate of plant a tree in the ground. Don't put a bunch of garbage in the ground with it, because really the tree has to exist in the soil that you've got there. It's got to exist in the climate conditions that you have there, and really from you know like that cynical standpoint would be for me yeah. would be saying hey. If this tree isn't going to make it, I want to know early. I don't want to know, you know, like oh. ten years, ten years from now when it's huge that it doesn't like, you know, this area and for some what reason it's going it? to yeah. die. You or know, relies on your you fertilizing. Can, so I can put in something yeah. else. You got beautiful oaks down there too. So, and they're you know unique to Texas. But uh, yeah. but then the ginkgo's a widely adapted tree. I mean, it grows in a lot of different areas. So, and it sounds like you've already done what the um, the um, uh, people who sold you the tree suggested you do, yeah. which actually gives you a certain amount of, you know, guarantee yeah. or whatever you will, you know, that you can go back. Hey, yeah. I used all your stuff, man. You know, and here the tree's <laughs> no good. You know, give me give me one right. of those great oaks. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, well, we I, I, we had four we had four oaks and lost three of them and replaced with uh, the ginkgo, a, a autumn blaze maple and a uh, Texas. Uh, um, what am I trying to say? They turned pink in April. Um, Texas. Uh, oh, Texas redbud. redbud. Yeah, the redbud. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great. Those are great. Well, you so, got great varieties. I, wanna, I mean, yeah, I want I wanted to go for something with a variety of color as opposed to just the oak. You know, Absolutely. everybody's got oak. Yeah. But isn't there there I think there's a ginkgo in the Austin Botanical Gardens. I mean, if I'm not mistaken. So Oh, really? I mean, yeah, I think there is. I'm I, you know, I, okay. I'm not 100% sure of that, but I've been there a number of times and I think uh yeah, I think there's a ginkgo there. I think there may be a well, I, tell, I tell you if anybody's curious about what we're talking about, if you Google uh 1400-year-old ginkgo 
in China. There's this tree in China that's 1,400 years old. That uh, they, they unbelievable. Found they found it. Yeah, <laughs> in the in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and that's where they and that's where the they built their monastery, I guess. Huh? Right, and they've also found uh, they also found uh, an example of the Metasequoia glyptostroboides, which is another oh. you know weird tree that that's actually is con- yeah, it's considered uh, <laughs> they're they're considered these trees that are kind of crossover between you know they're hybrids of conifers and uh, and deciduous trees, so mm-hmm. they're they're just really very unique, mm-hmm. long, cool. long, well, long age trees. Cool. Well, good talking right, Bill. with you. Ed. Thank you. All right. And take you care. Too, yeah, I'm here. All right. <laughs> All right let's uh, let's Bye. go back to Pat because she's called back. Um, hi, Pat. Are you hanging on still? Pat, do you have a question about transplanting? Hello, Pat. This is Carlotta. Well, hi, Carlotta. Well, we can go to Carlotta. How are you? (laughs) You're like waiting for Pat, too, I can tell. (laughs) All right. Good morning. I just wanted to put a little love because everybody's laughing, and I love to hear the laughter. Uh, Mm -hmm. The ginkgo, maybe Mm -hmm. if you massage the trunk a little bit, you know, rub Mm -hmm. it up and down, and Mm -hmm. say, welcome to the family. I'm happy to have you growing here. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. You know it is a money tree, so if it's in your backyard, why not take two or three or four $1 bills and hang it from the branches and tell them this is for your good behavior. If it's growing good, just go for it. Yeah, there you go. I have somebody asked about colored things. I have a tulip magnolia that a a boyfriend who's deceased planted Mm -hmm. for me, was knee high, and now it's over 12 feet, and I've had it planted right on Lombard. And all the (laughs) tourists and all the local people come and take the pictures in February when it's all just a mass of beautiful, looks like pink roses. So tell somebody that wants something beautiful and pink. And it's quite hardy. I don't fertilize it or do anything to it. I just rub her uh, her uh, uh, body once in a while <laughs> and tell her thank you for being here. And, uh, and she's what's that down tree? on Anastasia. Uh, uh, her name is Anastasia, and she's down on Lombard where all uh-huh. the traffic is and all the fumes. <laughs> oh so my. she's doing beautifully. What my question is today is I've Mm -hmm. got some everything, uh, you know, roots for me. Uh, This loves to grow for me. And so I buy buy this sage at the market and then I put it in water. And before I make tea out of it, it roots. So it's rooted. And I would like to plant it outside, but it has uh, now got a light coat of white fungus on it. And I don't really want to, I only have pots to plant uh, in outside, and I don't want to put anything outside with fungus on it that would disturb my other plants and flowers and maybe spread the fungus. I've tried uh, uh, apple cider vinegar and water mixture and rubbed it on the leaves, and it didn't seem to kill the fungus. No, I mean, I would avoid that, maybe get some fresh sage and try it again. Um, but I have two would... different bunches. One is an old, <laughs> you know, and one is, like you say, a new 
trial, and they both all get the fungus in it. Yeah, sounds like a mildew. It's probably going yes, yeah, yes, to be exactly. a result of the, whatever environment you're using to grow those in mm-hmm. is more than likely creating the environment for the uh, mildew to grow in. You know, yeah, which is my kitchen. Prob- right. Yeah, that's it. And a lot of times, you know, your kitchen will generate a lot of humidity. You know, like if you're boiling water things. and you're. You what know, about you taking that uh, piece of uh, sage? And instead of rooting it in the kitchen where it seems to get fungusy or mildewy, whatever you call it, and just stick it in the ground in one of my pots and keep it watered. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would do that. Yep. All right. That would work better. All right. To I will try sage, that. Yeah. And, uh, Edie, thank you for your yeah. courage. And uh, mm-hmm. I also miss Bob very much. Yeah. I know okay. You do. Thank you again. Bye bye. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Uh, we are going to take one more break, and uh, if you could stick around, then Susie's a lot of fun. She'll be back on right after this. This is Bob Tannum in the garden on Talk Radio. And this is Edie Tannum filling in for Bob Tannum. Uh, my dad had passed away, so I'm the new host for the show. And I have my guest, Ed Livo, uh, on from Tomorrow's Harvest. How? Um, welcome back, Ed. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we have a call from El Cerrito. Susie, one of our friends, who I, I've been up in her apple tree, and she has an apple tree question. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> yes. Hi, Edie and Ed. This very tree is making me a little nervous because, well, it's the first thing I ever planted, and I don't know how to prune. I didn't. I, I'm better now than I was back then, but I made a lot of mm-hmm. mistakes on that poor tree, and it's at least 20 feet tall. But anyway, I have a couple of branches, small ones, that seem to be dying. They're, they're, the leaves are all brown, and I'm thinking I need to go back to, to a, a major branch, um, like it's maybe an inch in diameter. Uh, the, okay. the, and I think I should go back and cut it where it branches off another bigger branch. Is that a good idea? Because I don't think I should just leave it and let it keep, because I think it's spreading, whatever it is. Well, a 20-foot, 20, a 20 well, whatever it is, see that? I think, mm-hmm. I think the key here is whatever it is is where, what you want to answer first. So, for instance, did your infection start during uh, the spring, during blossom time? I don't think so. I only noticed it during probably summer. Summer, okay. So we've had two different incidents of fire blight this year. So one of them would be in the spring, which is typical. And then one of them became, uh, happened in uh, June when we were experiencing all that, you know, real, real, um, a lot of moisture in the air. You know, there was just a tremendous amount of moisture in the air. And so, oh, my gosh, I mean, some pears, you know, that I was working with just got blighted out and got fire blight real bad. The leaves all look like they got hit with a blowtorch. Wow. This is just brown and curled, so maybe yeah. you say so. Yeah, so you probably got fire blight. You know, definitely you want to cut those. You know, cut those back. You want to get about maybe six to ten inches uh, ahead of where that infection is, and then you want to cut that limb out. And then you also want to then uh, disinfect your shears and in uh, a bleach probably is the most uh, available. Um, just disinfect your shears in between the cuts. Uh, so that you uh, don't spread the uh, inoculum. But the the fact is, is that the damage is already done. And in answer to your question, yes, you can take it all the way back to the lateral limb that it comes off of. That would be fine. Um, that's that that's definitely one way of dealing with it. Do you know what variety of apple it is? Yes, it's a Newton Pippin. 
Yeah, Great. Newtown Pippin. Okay, Newtown Pippin. So, yeah, you're uh, you're about what month and a half away from you know getting to, getting ready to pick those, aren't you? Yes, yes. We actually learned how to store them at home in the refrigerator by expelling the gas from the plastic bag, and we had them through April. Oh yeah, you yeah. Bet. they store Newtown Pippin store really, really, really well. They're a, they're mm. they're great, old fashioned. They're the apple that replaced the Granny Smith. They should have never replaced the Granny Smith. <laughs> it should have ne- never replaced uh, the uh, Newtown Pippin. Newtown Pippin, I think, is the superior apple to the Granny it's, Smith. But it's, it's a German variety, isn't it? It's, it's, oh yeah, it's just not as pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's German. There's something I need to do so I don't get the blight elsewhere because I now no. I'm looking. I see another branch that doesn't look too. Happy. Don't you have a? Do you have a pear tree next to it uh, in the neighbor's it yard? Definitely no, my tree. Yes, that one is definitely dying one branch oh. at a time. Yeah, okay. you got fire blight and El Cerrito. Let me tell you what El, El Cerrito, all down into Moisture. Berkeley through Oakland and all that. I mean, those areas are just prone to, to fire blight. It's just a bad fire blight area. Really, what you should do is probably try to plant varieties, always select varieties that have the most fire blight resistance. And believe it or not, um, the Newton Pippin actually has a, a certain amount of, of fire blight resistance. It doesn't get it as bad as some varieties. So, um, you know, you just, you just kind of stay on top of it. Pears are just um, almost a waste. But there are a couple of varieties of pears that are interesting now that are fire blight resistant, uh, such as the Warren. Warren is an excellent pear to grow, and it's fire blight resistant. Uh, another one called Blake's Pride is 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 a uh, splendid variety to grow, and then another one called Potomac. Um, these are all really really good fire blight resistant varieties, and they should replace in the home garden Bosque and Bartlett and Comice and all of those because they get so so much fire blight, you know, in areas that are prone to it. Now, was there a spray against fire blight? No, not, not really. I mean, there used to to be, we used to use ethromycin, um, but, you know, that's not available to the home gardener anymore. And, and there's really just a lot of controversy as to whether or not it really even worked. Um, some people would swear that it did, and I would swear that they probably didn't have a bad fire blight problem to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pretend disease, and you make sure yeah, you have yeah, a well, cure for it. Yeah, well, sometimes that kind of stuff, you spray it, and then you know, just the fact that it doesn't get it next year, you're, you're sold on the fact that, that that was the cure. But some areas you get fire blight just real bad, and other areas you don't. You know, that's mm-hmm. just where it's at. And yeah, down in Belvedere we did. I had a lot of that. My- my pear tree is so close to the apple tree. Should I cut down that pear tree since it's if you're battling your pear tree, if you're battling your pear tree like I suspect you are, I'd cut it down. Yeah, you know, I mean, not that it's going it, to. It'll. It, I would. I would assume that it will cut down the percentage of inoculum that is out there to infect the tree. I've got a video that I did on. Um, oh shoot! Oh man, I did it on a website on fire blight uh, control and showing how to do fire blight control. It was on, um, it's, it's on YouTube on nature hills, nature hills, nursery.com. Uh, I did a video on identifying and cutting out fire blight, um, some years ago. It's a, it's a good video. It'll show you what a, a, a fire blight lesion looks like. 
um, uh, it, it might be worth going to take a look at. It's Nature Hills Nursery on uh, on YouTube, and and just look in their videos, and I'll be I'll be there whacking on some pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to link it on Bob Tanham's website. Um, yeah, see if I can uh, look that up and make it easier for people if they go to bobtanham.com. Cool. That'd be easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. That would be wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, Susie, for the thank call. You. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck with that, um, Susie. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Nancy in Palo Alto. Uh, you have a question about clover. Um, I was wondering. Um, I've heard you can plant clover uh, under uh, apricot trees, and I was wondering what kind of clover you should plant. Well, I, I, I'm not going to be an expert on that, um, and, and to be exact, I, I, I'm not sure I, I agree with that. You can plant clover simply because, um, to be exact, I wouldn't disagree with that. As a matter of fact, yeah, giving quick thought, I was wrong. I would I, I wouldn't be against clover at all because clover is a nitrogen Just fixer. Clover def- definitely <laughs> will provide you know nit- nitrogen to the uh, to the fruit tree. I, I think it's a great thing. But in saying that, what I'm more really concerned about people doing with their fruit trees now is mulching and composting their and getting a mulch up on top of the surface to cut down evaporation, uh, moisture evaporation to extend the periods between waterings, keep that surface root cool. So I think that that is contrary to growing clover underneath because I'm not sure the clover would act as um, a water saving um, application because of course the clover would use water in itself um, uh, air would would go across the clover and that would actually cause the clover to need more water so I, I, I can talk myself out of it and into it at the mm-hmm. same time <laughs> what do you think about that Nancy <laughs> can I use rice hay as a, as a mulch for that yeah, yeah of course you can Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.